Welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for being with us. When was the last time you actually went into a bank branch to conduct a transaction? If you have to think about it, you're not alone. ATMs and online services have changed the way we deal with our banks and in turn the way they deal with us. We're joined today by Jim Moles, who's the Midwest Region Executive and Ohio President of Citizens Bank, to talk about what's going on in the world of banking in 2022. Jim, thanks for being with us today. Glad to have you as a guest. Sure. Well, thanks, Dan. Glad to be here. Thank you. Before we dive into all of that, let's talk a little bit about you. You just went to Hiram College. What did you study, and how did you end up in banking? <laughs> it's, a, it's always a great question that I, I always like to tell. I actually I actually grew up in Estabula County uh, on a dairy farm near uh, Pymontuni Lake, and uh, so I always knew if I was going to go to school, probably would be smaller in scope. So Hiram was um, was ideal for me at the time. Plus, it didn't hurt that uh, two of my grandmas lived close by, one in Burton, one in Aurora. So, I, you know, it was a win-win. and got to see them a lot when I was in college. But I was fortunate enough to get hired uh, out of college after studying. I uh, got my major in economics and some minors in French and business. Uh, don't ask me about French. It just happened that way. <laughs> I, I was fortunate, though, to, to get hired in a commercial bank training program at Society Bank at the time uh, back in 1987. And obviously, that's KeyBank today. And uh, I owe a lot of my, you know, skill set, if you will, uh, to to that program, to the fine folks over there, uh, where I spent 14 good years. And um, you know, I was always fascinated with analytics and numbers, and um, you know, the people side of things. And so, um, also had a chance to spend some time at uh, Bank One in Cleveland to help grow their Northeast Ohio business, which obviously now is J.P. Morgan Chase, and had a good 18-year run there. And then this huge opportunity here in Cleveland to come over to Citizens to help them build out not only Ohio, but the entire Midwest region. And so it was a great opportunity for me to you know keep learning uh, what I'm doing, and a great opportunity to you know, build a market, build teams, and uh, add value not only to, you know, our, our clients and, and shareholders, but also to the communities in which we serve. So banking, I think, was never, ever something I ever thought of, quite frankly, but uh, just happened to go there and uh, had some great people along the way mentor me and coach me. And, you know, here I am almost 35 years later. So uh, it's been a miracle, to say the least. But just as a quick aside, it must be something about taking French. My wife majored in French and English, and she's in the banking business. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe there must be something there. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's great. Uh, I love it. I love it. So you've been doing this for a while. What is the biggest change? Is the online banking, is that the biggest thing that's changed about the business in the last 25 years or so? Yeah, there's no question. Um, it's changed, you know, not only within the last 20, 25 years, but even over the last five um, years, Dan, it's changed. It, it, the velocity of change has been, been amazing, truly amazing to witness and, and experience and, you know, you know, try to manage through it and get ahead of it. And, and so you have folks, you know, obviously with technology today, uh, it's embraced more and more, which is a good thing. Uh, people want simple um, transactions, uh, convenience, uh, save some time, efficiency, and obviously uh, can use uh, a number of different, you know, mediums that way with, with technology and banking versus the old way of, of branches, right? 
the traditional large teller windows where you had four, five, six, seven tellers at the time, and and, and, the, and it was huge uh, walking into some of these bank branches. You know, obviously today with, you know, the change in the industry, technology is a big part of that, and actually buying behavior and patterns of the consumer has really, has really you know, I think helped in a way to change the face of banking into more integrated, consultative, you know, banks, uh, branches, banking centers, if you want to call them that as well. So folks that do need to come in because uh, of maybe some more complex needs or questions or issues that they have in their personal life or small business life, that they can sit down with a sales consultant, uh, a branch colleague, a small business specialist, a mortgage banker, if you will, and walk through um, you know, some of those transactions that, you know, quite frankly, aren't aren't vanilla anymore. You know, financial services and products are, are getting more and more complex. Um, and so it's always good to have uh, the opportunity to walk into a branch and sit down and speak with someone to go over, you know, your personal needs, your family situation, or your business situation. So you have that um, option. But I would say, yeah, technology is a big, the big change agent, and it's going to continue, you know, that way as well. Will bank branches at some point become a thing of the past, or will we always need them for the, what you just described? Yeah, Dan, it's a, you know, I, I think 20 years ago or 15 years ago, uh, we, were, we were being told, or at least being in the industry, I can tell you that you know, branches are going the way of the dinosaur and you, know, you, won't, you won't need the brick and mortar anymore. But you know, I think they're here to stay, quite frankly. Obviously, they're going to be uh, a little bit different in terms of their use and, um, and, and how they're managed by people and certainly uh, what they can provide and offer to consumers and, and business people alike. So, you know, I think it's just a function of, uh, you know, maybe downsizing not only, you know, the, the space you need, but also the number of branches you need and putting them, them in locations where it's convenient, accessible for folks that, you know, should they do need to go into a branch that they could, you know, obviously do that. And, uh, again, getting back to the personal aspect of it, I think it's always helpful, if, you know, if you have comp questions and comments and observations it's always good to sit down with people to talk those through but no i don't i don't think they're going away i think uh, will they be diminished in terms of number yes but they're also provide a very important you know um function to the community and, and folks to to handle you know bank, banking services as they see fit so it's just really another choice you know in addition to all the great you know mobile banking apps that we have and, you know, certainly the industry has, but also the ATMs and, and uh, online banking that you still have this option. That I think the need is always going to be there. Um, just as I described early on for folks that, you know, have more specific, more complicated or complex uh, needs. Technology has driven so much of this change. How is citizens investing in technology to make sure you stay ahead of the curve? Yeah, that's a it's a great question. I mean, the whole industry is 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 transformed itself in, in a very short period of time. And so, you know, before the pandemic, we embarked on, you know, investing heavily in technology to to figure out what is the best way. What are our what are our customers saying? What are they using? What's their buying pattern? How do they want to buy from us? And how do we go to market that way? Not only from a consumer side, but also on a business side. And so um, we've done a number of different things, uh, really invested heavily in our mobile apps um, and online banking functions, um, upgraded ATMs, as we talked about. And I think over the years, too, we've really, you know, hired, I think over, I think the number's, you know, 500 uh, software consultants uh, and engineers uh, specifically to focus on 
technology improvements and, you know, banking of the future based on, you know, where it's going. And so, you know, 500 plus folks over three years, it tells you that, you know, banks, including ourselves, clearly are more acting like fintechs than traditional when you think of a bank. And, um, and so, the, you know, the industry lines are kind of getting blurry uh, as the years go by, certainly as the months go by. But we certainly act more like a fintech given the fact that, you know, we're hiring more software engineers that discuss folks' needs and um, – excuse me, needs and uh, solutions that we can bring them. And so, you know, we foster innovation here at Citizens, and, um, you know, we have an internal innovation fund, Dan. And so folks, uh, our colleagues, can bubble up, you know, ideas uh, that they think would help, you know, make banking much more easier, uh, simplistic, more efficient for folks. What You know, if they can always get better, what's a better way of doing things? And so uh, we have great ideas, and some of which has already come into uh, in the market uh, by way of what we call green deposits. And that just allows corporate clients to direct their deposits to green companies. And so, you know, obviously helps them with their ESG, you know, mission and goals. But really, really, you know, we found ourselves adopting uh, an agile development model so that our engineers are working closely with colleagues and business lines to identify better ways to serve clients, you know, and deliver the latest solutions to them faster than ever before because it's all about speed and time these days, right? Sure. One million dollars, eight ideas, 1,300 improved connections to jobs. The Paradox Prize has made a significant impact on real people and businesses and has gone a long way in improving worker mobility in Northeast Ohio. Where to from here? Join the fund for our economic future on June 16th to celebrate progress and connect with ideas that can improve talent attraction and retention and lead to lasting change for the 4 million-plus residents of Northeast Ohio. Register today for transportation and the quest for talent, putting the lessons of the Paradox Prize to work. Visit cranescleveland.com slash paradoxprize. Jim Malls is with us. He's the Midwest Region Executive and the Ohio President of Citizens Bank. We're talking about the world of banking here on The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. What about young people, Jim? You know, PayPal and Chime, and they use all these services that I don't understand. But um, <laughs> are, is there a concern that, that they will not become uh, customers of traditional banks, consumers of traditional banks? Or at some point, do they migrate over that way? Or do you have to readjust what you're doing? Yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. You know, each generation is different, right? I can tell you I have teenage kids and, you know, one in college as well. And, you know, how they approach life is completely different than than what I have done uh, in terms of how they go about their days. And so I think, um, you know, we, we woke it up to the fact that you have to make sure you, you know, can, can attract, you know, those folks to be, you know, bank clients, bank customers, uh, because the competitive landscape has changed so much with, you know, non-banks, you know, offering some similar service, certainly in a way of the consumer side. Uh, but really, you know, I think you stay ahead of it by, you know, investing heavily and make it easier and um, for folks like that to, to do their thing. And, and also let them know that, you know, besides, you know, taking care of their day-to-day banking, you know, needs in a very simplistic form, that there's a lot of other areas here at the bank that uh, you know they, they're going to need help with or assistance with, uh, and, and you know as well. You know, banks have done a great job, you know, getting ahead of that. I think we certainly have here. You know, we've invested heavily in digital banking across the country, and so it's just um, obviously to help with you know folks that you know they don't want to go into a branch per se, but they'll use all the you know the services that you have uh, with mobile apps and, and things like that. So that's where a lot of the investment is going. 
For those folks who do go into branches, we used to encounter what we call bank tellers. How's that position changed given all the change in technology? Yeah, no, great question. Um, you really used to have a lot of tellers when you walk into a traditional branch. Today, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the space is smaller uh, on average. And it's really designed to, to be a comfortable place where folks can go and you know, meet with uh, sales consultants, uh, whatever the product or solution need is, and sit down with someone in a private setting uh, and be more comfortable and more relaxed about it. And, uh, and so you have a little bit more privacy as well. So I think that's a really good thing. Um, but you're right, the, uh, the, 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 the traditional teller, you know, role has, you know, obviously been downsized, but also has been um, evolved into more of a consultative selling role. So when you do walk into a branch, you'll meet folks there that guide you in the right area and meet you in the right spots for uh, whatever you're looking to do uh, in our branches. People obviously come to the bank for loans, small businesses in particular. How do citizens work with small businesses? I know you have a, a Community Champions Award that you give out over the last four or five years. Tell me about that and, and, and how citizens works with small businesses to help them get started. Oh, yeah, it's great. I, you know, as we all know, small business is the engine and backbone of the economy. And the, the more we can promote and be there for uh, support for you know, small businesses, um, with all kinds of diverse uh, concepts and backgrounds, the better everyone is. So we're very, very proud of the fact that we do this Small Business Community Champions Award every year. And really what it is, it's, you know, we, in our 14 heritage states or footprint states that we're in, we um, look to select, you know, small businesses within those 14 states and give them uh, a $10,000 award. And, you know, this year we had 11,000 entries and very happy to say that in Northeast Ohio, we had three winners here with this recent go around, each receiving $10,000. One, one company was in Mayfield Heights, the other two were in Lake County. And it's just really good to see. And all the businesses are either, you know, using the money to help invest in the business, hire people, which is, you know, obviously important in today's world. Uh, and grow, and also helping our communities by doing so. So we're just really happy to see these small businesses, you know, not only be alive and stay alive through some tough times, but also thrive and, uh, you know, build for the future. And that's really what we're trying to do to help small businesses um, as they, you know, navigate, you know, this current environment. So very happy with our Small Business Community Champions Program. It's just It's just great to see you know, the award recipients when they're, when they're chosen and just the emotion that comes out. It's just, it's, it's really one of our, 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 our big thing that we do here is, you know, small business lending and um, you know, small business support. It's just a really good program to top all that off. Among the things that have been changing in some banks is some of them have started to eliminate uh, overdraft fees. Is, what's the advantage and disadvantage for a bank to, to get rid of those? Yeah, no, it's it's a great great question. You know, I think the whole industry has really you know came to the forefront with this uh, for a number of reasons, um, and I think you know some of the the reason I think you get rid of them certainly is it's it's helping people out. Obviously, everybody has different situations um, and all that, and so we also uh, basically just want to do the right thing too because we know how sometimes it's tough for people to make ends meet. Certainly, we've seen that over the last two and a half years uh, with pandemic and, you know, obviously with current economic issues uh, of the day uh, currently. Um, and so we're just trying to do our part to kind of smooth that out. So, you know, back in October of 2021, we introduced Citizens Peace of Mind 
It's a new posit feature providing you know, our customers with the ability to avoid you know, unexpected overdraft fees. And so what Peace of Mind does, it sends our customers an alert when they overdraft and gives them a day uh, the next day to you know, cover it and put money back in the account to avoid and eliminate you know, any charges or fees. And then in addition to that, just recently here in March, Dan, Citizens introduced two overdraft-free checking accounts you know, designed to increase banking uh, access to all consumers. So I think that's a really good thing to do, uh, and it just, you know, it just helps our communities that way by doing the right thing and not being a burden if somebody does fall short and has an overdraft situation that you're, you know, uh, charging them, you know, in some cases fees that they just can't pay anyway. And, uh, and so I think, I think we, the bank, has done a good job in getting ahead of that. How much time does Citizen have to spend? Citizens Bank have to spend trying to stay on top of government regulations, which were obviously big in your industry. Yeah, no, it's 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 a good good question. Um, I think most companies in any industry will will have an arm in terms of government relations. We do have a formal government relations team that interact, you know, obviously with our elected officials, but also um, as a liaison, you know, for folks like uh, our colleagues in the field. And you know, hear what's going on, you know, at the federal, state, or local levels uh, in the communities we serve. And so, yeah, it's definitely you know a full-time you know full-time job. We have good staff with that, um, and it's just important to you know stay on it and making sure we're doing our part uh, and adhering to you know smart regulation. You know, and you know we embrace regulation, and um, and, and obviously it's the right thing to do for the system, and obviously. Um, and our government. So um, obviously, uh, I can't tell you how many, how much time per se, but I can tell you it's front and center for you know a lot of our folks, and certainly in our government uh, program. So um, very, uh, very on the ball, very out front, and certainly uh, educating you know ourselves also with all the respective issues across you know the, the footprints we're in, and also you know issues at the federal level. So it's just um, a, a great. Well, we have a great team there, and it's very valuable to us. So I know what I can say, and you know, and hear what we're doing uh, in terms of uh, the regulatory environment. Obviously, these days the scramble is on to attract talent to different businesses with the great resignation and people changing jobs. What citizens do to try to make sure you have the, the employees you need? Yeah, it's a it's a great it's it's a great challenge because that's all you hear is the war on talent out there, and I can tell you. You know, just being here in this market, which I love Ohio, and I've been here all my life, um, and the ability to represent the Midwest is, is great. Um, you know, it, these are important markets for us. Northeast Ohio is certainly in a massively and critically important market for us. And one of the, you know, opportunities I had by coming here, you know, two and a half years ago is to build a team. It all starts with talent and build the right teams and evolve into a very strong culture that we're growing here uh, at the bank. And so... You know, a lot of things, you know, you have to be really empathetic uh, to the folks um, that want to work. Um, the pandemic has taught us that as well and be flexible with life-work balances. Um, and so we also, you know, it's, a, it's just telling folks that Citizens is a great and welcoming place to work. Um, you know, there's opportunities to start or even grow your career here. Uh, there's many areas within the bank that you can get exposed to that you, you may want to, you know, navigate to because you like it a little bit better than maybe another. So the good news is you have a lot of exposure to many different things that go on at this institution. 
And you're just looking for people who want to join a company that's growing in a strong culture. Citizens on the move. We're definitely on offense, uh, you know, through the recent acquisitions we've made and certainly adding talent. And I'm here to tell you, you know, here in Cleveland, for sure, we're adding, you know, my group we're adding. I know our small business teams are adding. And, uh, you know, loan officers on the consumer side, we're adding folks. So I think it's just a great opportunity for those of you that are out there that are thinking about a career here at Citizens. Uh, we're open for business. We're on the offense. And uh, and it's a great place to work just because we, we you know, understanding of folks, you know, diverse backgrounds and want to make sure that it's a welcoming and open place to work. Jim, finally, one other question, and that's about the supply chain issue. Could we seem to think about it in terms of I go to the grocery store and I can't find what I need, or I go to Home Depot and there isn't any lumber. <laughs> but how's it, yeah. how about the world of the banking? Yeah, no, it's been obviously it's been one of the main topics for some time now. Unfortunately, right? Um, you know, it's it's impacting. I would say many, if not all, of our clients, and certainly a, a majority of individuals. Um, and you know, it's. You know, serious labor shortage out there. Uh, then you have combined with you know inflationary pressures and rising prices. Um, and I know our policymakers are doing everything they can to to manage through this, um, and hopefully uh, balance it the way we need it to be balanced. But you're absolutely correct. The supply chain has created so many inconveniences and hardships. Uh, you know, just the recent baby formula that everybody's talking about now and what's happening there. But, you know, the price pain um, as well, whether it's at the pump and food stores um, or anything that is um, being delivered, obviously, through transportation, you know, costs are high. And so, you know, unfortunately, the consumer is going to bear the brunt of all this. So, yeah, supply chain is a front and center. So what we're trying to do, Dan, is you know, meeting with our clients, helping them, you know, navigate, you know, their business through this as well, um, and talking to them and providing ways where we can help, obviously, with their supply chain challenges and to get them, you know, more efficient around that and, uh, you know, also work with them and being flexible because, you know, there's some, some impact of this with, you know, results and operating results and cash flows that, you know, we want to make sure our companies, you know, can manage through that. And, uh, you know, we think long-term around here. So it's, you know, through the cycle kind of management, what what we need to be doing. But clearly, clearly the supply chain issue has really caused a lot of pain and some hardship for companies and consumers alike. Hopefully that will all get straightened out here in the near future. Jim, thanks so much we for joining us so. today. <laughs> we, we, we hope so. I, you know, somebody asked me that this is still ongoing today, I, you know, several months ago. Uh, I probably would have said, no, I, you, know, I, you know, but, you know, we thought maybe it would bait a little bit by the back half of late last year. And obviously that hasn't happened for a number of different reasons, by the way, that were unforeseen at the time. But, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's all systems go in terms of trying to, to you know, resolve this and, and bring back to some more, you know, normalcy, if you will, around supply chain and, and managing operating capital that businesses, you know, do on a normal basis. Jim, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. This is great. Thank you. Jim Mullis is the Midwest Region Executive and Ohio President of Citizens Bank. He joins us today on The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. 